Alrighty, guys, welcome to another episode of the Go For Two podcast. I am your host, Cargo. So this is uh, season one, episode 24. Um, it's a special episode, I guess that you could say, uh, just because this will be the last one for season one. Uh, but a couple things that I wanted to talk about here on this podcast today um, is just, uh, you know, I want to continue to celebrate Black History Month by, you know, sharing a story about a trip I took when I was younger. I'll get into some details about that here in a second. Um, obviously, just go over some more headlines um, leading into this week here. And then uh, recap the Super Bowl, of course. That's, you know, I'm sure that's what you guys are here for. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about why I decided to end with 24 episodes in season one. So uh, I guess before I get started, um, you know, I just want to share, like, obviously, with the Super Bowl happening this past week, there was some big news that came out before uh, that Thursday before the Super Bowl. Um, I just want to say, I guess, like, you know, um, first and foremost, my prayers, my thoughts and prayers are with the with the Reed family and the family of the five-year-old um, that was left in critical condition. There was a car crash involving Brett Reed, which is Andy Reed's son, um, that Thursday before the Super Bowl. And uh, there's a five-year-old basically just, you know, fighting for her life. And it's tough just because Andy Reed is one of those coaches that I really do like. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan. So, you know, when he was at the Eagles, you know, as a you know, fan, I, I hated him, but I knew he was a great mind and uh, just a good person. Um, obviously, I don't know him that well, but, you know, from the way he just carries himself and the way people talk about him says a lot. You know, he also did lose his son a couple of years ago to a heroin overdose. So um, just a, an extremely tough time um, for, you know, both families involved in the car crash. Um, so um, as we continue to move forward here in February, obviously it is uh, – Black History Month. Um, so I wanted to go ahead and kind of like share a story. Um, I'm going to do my best to keep it, you know, really short and simple. Uh, this morning I woke up, I was watching a, a Good Morning Football with um, Peter Schrager, um, uh, Nate Burleson, Kay Adams, and um, oh my God, how am I forgetting? Um, wow, I can't believe I'm just blanking out like that. But anyways, I was watching and, you know, Ryan Clark came out and he was talking, obviously they were doing a small segment on, on Black History Month, you know, and um, he wanted to remember uh, uh, Central High School, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. So uh, basically, the, I guess the story goes is, um, you know, back in 1957, uh, you know, there was a high school in Little Rock, Arkansas, where um, um, uh NAACP named Lady Bates um, recruited nine African American high school students to enroll at her Central Park at her Central High School. Um, these these students became known as the Little Rock Nine. Uh, they were basically it was a high school. Um, they were treated poorly, called names, um, making it difficult to go to school um, every single day uh, just to get an education, which is something that we often take advantage of, and you know. Basically, they, the people there was allowing, they were not allowing them to go into school, and President uh, Dwight Eisenhower, you know, ended up sending a, a army special forces to get them inside the school safely. Um, these people were called, like I said, called names, uh, treated uh, uh, poorly by 
I'm sure classmates, staff, and, you know, parents and stuff like that. Um, just a horrendous thing to kind of go through at such a young age. Um, so I believe that back in 2010 or 2011, um, uh, the church that I was attending to when I was about, I believe maybe I might've been, uh, you know, 15, 16. So, um, my church, you know, in Laredo, Texas, and, uh, I was going to St. John Newman at the time, um, an amazing community, um, showed me so many things at a young age, you know, I just want to give a little shout out to them. Uh, just let them know that I miss them and I love them. Um, you know, we were able to raise some money to travel from Laredo, Texas to Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, to visit the central high school. Uh, at the time I, I didn't really understand the magnitude of what happened because it, you know, it happened 60 years prior to us visiting. Um, I wish I was more understanding and empathetic at the time of, uh, the, the events that happened there. Um, you know, we learned a lot about it and, you know, it was just tough for us just because, you know, some of us personally have just never gone through something, something like that. And it, for me, just looking back on that now, it just, it was a point of, you know, remembering where you came from, appreciating the moment that you have right now and, you know, um, build a future with hope. And so with, you know, the, the, uh, little rock nine, it was just kind of crazy to think about, you know, how it just kind of came up today. And it was somewhere that I'd been to. Um, and it was one of the best memories I had, you know, going on that trip. And, you know, like I said, I, you know, I wish I truly understood the magnitude of what it is, but, um, you know, to the nine students, um, Elizabeth Eckboard, Minnie Jean Brown, Gloria Ray, Terrence Roberts, Ernest Green, Thelma Mothershed, Jefferson Thomas, Melba Patino, and Carlotta Walls. Um, your courage is truly our salvation. And um, of course, uh, we thank you for that as we remember um, uh, Black History Month here in February and really um, every single day of our lives. Um, so, um, before I get into the Super Bowl, I guess I want to talk about a little bit of a couple of headlines that kind of popped up. Uh, uh, Carson Wentz might be traded by the end of the week. I wouldn't be surprised if something happened on Friday. Um, I, I think the top two contenders would probably be the Bears or the Colts. They might make a move. I, I know that Matt Nagy and Frank Wright um, have some familiarity with Carson. They were on the Eagles staff uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, both teams are in, you know, in need of a quarterback, you know, have a lot of good pieces surrounding them. Uh, both organizations are not afraid to make a big splash, but um, if I had to put my money on it, I, I think the Colts might make a, a move. There might be more interest with Carson. Obviously, they um, lost Phillip Rivers to retirement. They still have Jacoby Brissett, and, or Jacoby Brisket, as we like to call him. Jacoby Brissett and Nick Eason also on the roster. Um, they're the team that maybe has the most cap space to kind of work with the, the Eagles in that sense. And uh, I know that last year they traded their first-round pick to the uh, San Francisco 49ers for uh, uh, DeForest Buckner, and, and, and that trade really went well. Um, we have uh, Tyler Heineke, or Tyler Heineken, as I like to call him. Um, he signed a little contract uh, with the Washington football team for about two years. Um, a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback position. You look at, you know, with them obviously getting rid of Dwayne Haskins, um, Alex Smith, he's, you know, Unfortunately, we have to talk about him as a, you know, a history of injuries. Kyle Allen is coming off an injury as well. So I think for the Washington football teams, they'll look to add a quarterback in the draft. 
Um, I don't know if they necessarily would make a move for maybe a Marcus Mariota or a Deshaun Watson, um, but obviously they're just going to play it by ear. Don't be surprised if even possibly Cam Newton reunited with Ron Rivera. And uh, so I think the big news, like literally big news, um, uh, we're talking about Orlando Brown Jr., the right tackle for the Ravens, has requested a trade. Um, the belief is, is that he wants to play left tackle and his contract will be up in, I believe, in a couple of years. So, you know, there was a uh, thing that someone said, Adam Scheffler, I think, the average left tackle makes, uh, or the highest paid left tackle makes $23 million. The highest paid right tackle pays $18 million, which is like, absurd numbers to be playing football but you know um you know anything can happen you know, look at ronnie Ron, ronnie staley the left tackle for the ravens um literally got paid last year and then the next week just you know a horrible ankle injury uh and that ended his season open um, my thing is you know it doesn't seem like orlando brown is open to getting paid but maybe Ron, ronnie stanley would maybe be open to playing a different position i mean he already got paid so it you know maybe be in his best interest, so, you know, let him play left tackle. I mean, you know, that's going to be interesting to see just because um, Orlando Brown Jr. is a really good player um, and he's very young. So uh, to make a trade, that'd be really, really something difficult to make happen. And um, so now on to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to kind of basically kind of break it down to segments overall. And then I kind of have like some last points about it. Um, I just think for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, obviously we saw Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs, I think, struggled to protect Patrick Mahomes uh, in the pocket. So if Patrick Mahomes was in the pocket, you know, he was getting hit. There was guys coming. Uh, disrupted the timing for sure. Um, it was just a lot of scrambling for Patrick Mahomes. And my thought is, you know, I thought that that would help Patrick Mahomes, maybe getting outside the pocket, you know, being able to make plays happen with his feet. Um, he was going to have to do it regardless. You know, the offensive line wasn't going to be able to protect him for that long. But, you know, forcing Mahomes to leave the pocket, maybe with his toe, might have affected him. Maybe just like planting his foot, you know, uh, really taking that that moment to to set his feet and then just deliver a ball. You know, we've, we've seen it, we've seen him do it on the run a lot of times, but you know, I don't know what that injury, how much it affected him. Um, it, it definitely had to affect him in a way, you know, cause uh, just, you, well, I guess you could say too, that, you know, a couple things were happening, you know, when I think the chiefs could have ran the ball a little bit more earlier. I, I know you, your, your best players, Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, right now is a good chance to kind of protect him, give him a chance, you know, um, you know, when you want to get outside, you want to design to get outside. You don't want to have to force every play to go outside. And that's what it really was. You know, they, you saw the next gen stats of, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, ran for over, I don't know, maybe like two, 400 yards, like just side to side behind the line of scrimmage. Um, that's usually not going to turn out very well. Um, I just felt like they could have ran the ball, maybe created some momentum, protected Patrick Mahomes, you know, get definitely getting a couple of first downs, might have just given him a little bit of confidence, you know. They, they could have just kind of, you know, built the, uh, built the rhythm for the most part. Uh, it just felt like they were just out of rhythm, out of sync the entire game. They just couldn't just, you know, flip that switch and just, you know, start throwing bombs down the field. Um, I think, too, um, Without that lack of momentum and getting the first downs, 
what we saw was uh, the Chiefs had a really bad pun in the first half. And, you know, obviously being backed up, I, I believe Townsend, he was a rookie. Uh, you know, you kind of felt like, uh, oh, you know what, something something might happen here. And sure enough, he dropped the ball, uh, probably didn't feel confident hitting the ball. And I think that punt went for like maybe like 30 yards at most. Um, so, uh, you know, playing against field position against Tom Brady, you want to win the special teams in that aspect. Um, hats off to Patrick, you know, uh, once again, I know we're kind of jumping around, but, um, just the, the plays he was making, uh, to, you know, obviously everybody kind of remembers that, that one pass where he kind of gets tripped up and literally just like with the flick of a wrist, just flings the ball 30 yards into the end zone. And, you know, I believe it was Darrell Williams that hit him right in the face and, and it, the ball dropped, you know, a lot of drops and, you know, at times too, Patrick Mahomes was inaccurate, you know, and I, I go back to the injury. Maybe the injury was a lot bigger than what we thought it was. Obviously, you know, even if he's not a hundred percent, you're playing him over Chad Henney, but you know, just, uh, it was a tough day for the chiefs offense. You know, obviously uh, they only scored nine points and no touchdowns. I don't even know if they've ever done that in the Patrick Mahomes era or even in Andy Reid, you know, era for that matter. Uh, you know, for the Bucks defense, they played excellent at all levels. Uh, I mean, obviously the defensive line with Shaq and JPP, you know, getting those sacks, getting there, you know, it's it's one thing to just get there, you know, but to, you know, put him on the ground, um, make him just, you know, feel a little bit of, you know, pain every time you hit him. Um, Ndamukong Sue and Vita Bea, once again, you know, they were able to provide some type of pressure up the middle, which has a an effect on quarterbacks, um, regardless of age or speed. Um, you know, you just, you, you, you almost feel like, you know, Oh man, like I got, I got to get out of here, you know, and you start, you know, turning around start, you know, heads on a swivel type of thing. Um, and for the bucks, that was good that they got pressure with four. They didn't have to blitz a lot. I thought Devante, uh, Levante David, I'm sorry. Um, he did really well matching up against Travis Kelsey, you know, Travis Kelsey's going to eat, but, you know, to keep him out of the end zone and, you know, I know they mixed up the coverages and um, they were able to bracket guys in certain downs. Uh, um, absolutely. You, you couldn't have played this offense any better. Um, I think Carl Carl Davis and Antonio Winfield um, really redeemed themselves um, after that, I believe, week 11 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs where uh, Tyreek had, I believe, 269 yards in, in the uh, first quarter. Uh, you know, just what they did, you know, just wow. And um, I, I always knew Antonio Winfield Jr. was going to be a ball player. This, uh, you know, his dad was a, an, a great aggressive corner. Um, you know, it's just like his dad, I, I, you know, I don't know why so many teams missed on him. I think he believe I believe he went in the second round. Uh, but yeah, just an, a, a ball player. Um, they just had so much swagger, you know, with it being, a, you know, I didn't think it was going to be really a home game for them. But, man, it was definitely a home game. Um, you know, once again, hats off to Todd Bowles. Um, he can literally be a head coach next year if he uh, really wants to. Uh, with the way they played today, un unbelievable. And, you know, obviously the Chiefs were just a little bit shorthanded on the offensive line. Oh, hold on, guys. Give me one second here. I'm going to just open one of these bad boys up. Um, once again, uh, today I'm drinking Red Bull. Um, hopefully, um, Red Bull will provide me some wings to get me through season two. Shout out. <sighs> Nothing like it. 
And now looking at the Bucks offense, um, once again, it, it was just kind of crazy to watch Brady play. Like, I, I don't think I realized this the first time I watched it. I ended up watching the game a second time um, last night because I really wanted to watch it a little bit more sober than I did the first time. But um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but, you know, just watching him play, it looked like Brady of years past with the Patriots. Like this, you know, the way they, the offense flowed, it was all about using utilizing tight ends. You know, Gronk and Cameron Brady, who caught a touchdown as well. Um, you know, running the ball very effectively. Uh, playoff Lenny, man, he looked like that running back that the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted a couple years ago. Like, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, he looked so good running the ball. He obviously had a nice little 20-yard touchdown run where he just pretty much ran past everybody. It was just amazing to see that speed. Um, he caught the ball really well out of the backfield. I believe he had four catches for 47 yards. Um, and that's what you kind of expect from a, a running back who plays with Brady. You know, the, those checkdowns, like, it was just it was just really nice to see him. You know, he caught the ball and – he laid the wood like he was delivering hits because he looked, I mean, it, it's just nice to see running back when they're fresh like that, you know, and that's why a lot of teams do two running backs, you know, even like with, with Rojo, he had 12 carries for 60 yards, uh, not a bad day for him. AB kind of just taking advantage of, you know, flying under the radar with, you know, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on the other side. And I mean, the, Mike, Mike Evans, one catch, 31 yards, Chris Godwin, two catches, nine yards, like, Brady's never needed like talented wide receivers. He just, you know, always relied on those, you know, running backs, tight ends, and maybe like one shifty wide receiver, which I, I felt like was, you know, um, Antonio Brown, which I'm surprised it was, really wasn't Scotty Miller, you know, maybe uh, taking advantage of some of the opportunities with those guys in the lineup. But a lot of two tight end sets, you know, one of the best ways to, you know, uh, beat Patrick Mahomes is to keep him on the sideline. And that's what they did. You know, uh, without a doubt, the offensive line were really the unsung heroes of this. Tristan Warfs was the fourth tackle taken last year. Um, how he was the fourth tackle taken is beyond me. Uh, we're talking about Makai um, uh, Becton. Um, it was uh, Andrew Thomas the, you know, was fourth. Makai Becton, oh, I think it was like maybe 10th. Um, and then there was also um, Jared, uh, Jared Willis Jr. Uh, before. So, I felt like at that point, the Bucks got the best tackle at 14, which is amazing. So he's going to be a stud for years to come, and he's playing on the right side, which is, you know, amazing. I do think that the Chiefs, you know, played well for the most part, but, you know, it's just – it's hard to force so many downs. And and I think really, the, you know, they, they might have – they may or may not have fallen victim to the Brady Bunch, as I like to call the referees sometimes – um, I, I really didn't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the referees completely threw the game for the Chiefs. Um, I just, I, I just will say that the last two minutes of the second quarter, I felt like they got a little ticky tacky. There was like a, a play where Brashad Breeland and Mike Evans, like they just tripped over each other. Uh, the ball was just maybe a little bit overthrown. I just would have liked for them to maybe pick it up, but ultimately the, you know, there wasn't a lot of penalties, which is good, you know, just let them play. Um, you know, it, it really didn't affect the Chiefs offense at that point. So um, I guess just overall thoughts, you know, um, obviously I had picked the Chiefs to win in kind of like a shootout fashion. Uh, but Tampa Bay just completely dominated from beginning to end. Um, 
everything they went through this past year, you know, paid in, in dividends, obviously, you know, it's one thing to talk about what you want to do in the off season and then to finally be there, um, you know, with everything they went through, um, all the bad games they played, you know, the, the fourth down, like, you know, I didn't know it was fourth down, obviously losing to the saints multiple times, you know, getting embarrassed. Uh, but, you know, look at them now, you know, I, I loved how the game, you know, I don't want to say it got petty, but you know, it looked like there was a lot of trash talking. You know, I, wouldn't mind, you know, listening to some of that audio. I know Brady might have said something to Tyron Matthew. Um, it's It sounded like it was pretty bad. I, I think Tom Brady was, you know, the one to apologize to Tyron Matthew the next day. It's kind of crazy how that kind of just got swept under the rug for whatever reason. Um, Antonio Winfield, obviously, you know, throwing the, the peace sign after an interception in front of Tyreek Hill's face. Like, he was all up in there. Like, you know, he was like, make sure you see this. Which, I mean, I can understand because, I mean, that's what Tyreek Hill did, you know, back at week 11. Um, so, I, I like it. I like it because, you know, you you go into the offseason, you're going to think about, you know, who's going to be in the Super Bowl next year. And, you know, obviously, um, both these teams, you can definitely predict and you can definitely see them coming back to do a little bit of a repeat, um, obviously. So, um, I did talk about, you know, um, the 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 – ticky tack calls, you know, in the last two minutes. But overall, I thought it was well. I, I know Sarah Thompson was the first uh, female referee um, to play in that game. So, you know, kudos to her. And then obviously Bruce Arians and his coaching staff, you know, you know, talking about the diversity, uh, you know, um, it's, it's just great to see people qualified, getting an opportunity to, to really show what they could do and um, what an award to be on the biggest stage and to get that type of recognition, uh, um, I'm sure it's something they're going to think about for the rest of their lives. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, the second half of the game was, you know, kind of hard to watch uh, just because I don't know, it's the Super Bowl, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not, I wasn't rooting for any team in particular. I know I chose a team, but it's not that I like that team better than the other, but I personally like to see good close games. You know, they're just, you know, funner to watch. I felt like that second half, you were just, Kind of hoping that the game would get a little bit more interesting, but you know the you know the Bucks are just like we're not we're not letting you back in this game, and you know Tom Brady too was just not going to let these guys get back in. And uh, the halftime show with the weekend I thought was amazing. The weekend's one of my favorite artists, like definitely a uh, top five. Would that be crazy? No, it's not crazy to say that. No, the weekend's definitely top top five. Love the performance. I like how they did that. Um, you know, that mask with the like big um, bandage tape around their heads. Uh, I wonder how comfortable that was or wasn't. But um, definitely, you know, great halftime show. And I guess uh, that's what I have on the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, I do want to talk about this little, you know, party barge, party, party thing. Um, uh, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a great idea. Bruce Arians, you know, uh, I'm not going to lie. He did give me a shout out, you know. Uh, the Chiefs' model last year for you know uh, coming back to play in the Super Bowl was um, uh, run it back, but he was like, "Nah, f that. We're gonna go for two. And I was just like, "Oh my!" I was like, "Is he talking to me?" I was like, I, "Do I need to copyright this right now?" Or, or you know, but uh, you know, it was just a uh, um, great that I was a part of the 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 the, the victory. Uh, I thought the party boats were a great idea. I'm, I'm you know I'm glad that nobody like wrecked their boats. I'm sure they parked it somehow or whatever. Um, I saw 82-year-old Tom Moore smoking a cigar in the back of the boat. Um, 
you know, Mike Evans on IG Live was super turned. I follow him. Uh, Scotty Miller too. Uh, it, it, it sounded like Chris Godwin might have dropped his phone in the water. Like that's hilarious. So relatable. Uh, we've all been there. Of course, Gronk dancing. Uh, Devin White pulled up to the stadium in his horse and took a victory lap. He's like super like uh, he loves horses. Cowboy, I guess. Um, Tom Brady, you know, tossing the Lombardi trophy from one boat to another. What's more boss than that? I mean, Tom Brady can do that type of stuff. I don't know if anybody else could, uh, but just he's probably like, eh, you know, whatever. Like, I just, you know, I just feel like Tom Brady wants to win the Super Bowl, but he wants to go into those elite categories of like best athlete. I think that's really what he's chasing is that type of greatness. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's ultimately the NBA with the guys are trying to catch up to the goats and stuff like that. Um, you know, imagine the Lombardi trophy going into the water. I'm sure somebody would have dove in to get it or whatever. Um, and you know, and last but not least, Tom Brady leaving and leaving the boat party, barely being able to walk, like, and then sending that tweet out, uh, nothing, nothing to see here. You misspell some of the world. He said something about avocado, you know, tequila, uh, you know, it, Hey, that's what happens on the party barge, man. Like, you know, you, you take a couple shots here and there and, you know, you're out in the sun all day and. Boom! You're you're hammered. You know you smash. So, um, you know, hey, I'm I'm here all for it. I ain't got nothing wrong with it. I'm sure people are like, oh, how dare you? How could you do that? More life, TB12 method. More life. I'm about that. Um, and yeah, guys, that's pretty much all I have. And, you know, in conclusion, uh, this is the 24th episode I've done for the podcast. It's 23 more than I thought I'd make. Um, this originally started off as a, you know, just a quarantine project, you know, um, what this podcast has given me is so much more that I, I couldn't be able to describe in words. Um, and I just truly blessed and thankful for everybody who listens, shared my podcast, or even just encouraged me, you know, it's, uh, it really means the world to me when somebody says like, you know, Hey, I listened to it the other day or, or, uh, Hey, when's the next episode coming out? Like, it's just, you know, it's just. Um, it's just giving me that much more motivation to go uh, harder. And um, it's just nice that I have this passion that I can do. And, you know, it's not for monetary value. It's it's strictly for me and, and uh, no one else. Um, so I decided to end it on uh, number 24, um, you know, just because it's just to remember the late, great Kobe Bryant, uh, who, you know, not too long ago, passed about a year ago. Um, you know, I think we all look at Kobe and, you know, want to be like Kobe, you know, he's, he was our MJ for our era. Um, I grew up, yes, a Spurs fan. I think I was really a Lakers fan. And then, you know, being from the city, you just love San Antonio and they're always winning, you know, it's hard not to jump on that, but, uh, Kobe Bryant, definitely, you know, uh, uh, my favorite player of all time. Uh, I'm willing to say that I'll put that on the record. Uh, so just, you know, and I think now that I read his books and, you know, watch his videos and, you know, it just, I think what I love about him is, is that his work ethic and his desire to bring, be great, no matter what the, the, how tall the task is, like he embraced the grind. He has that dog mentality. He's like from Philadelphia, which, you know, I'm a, I'm a, once again, he's an Eagles fan too. So it's just like, you know, it's regardless of all that, it's just that Mamba mentality, that relentless pursuit of greatness, you know, going after, um, everything that we deserve and we believe in for. And um, yeah, I can't say enough about that. And I guess, you know, everybody's asking, so what's next? You're, or at least you're probably thinking that what's next. 
Um, well, you know, the NFL season is over. You know, I wanted to end it here as well. Um, I'll probably take a week or two, maybe just like travel the world, get married, write a book, you know, nothing crazy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, football for me is really going to be 24-7, 365. I am working on a couple projects. Um, I probably won't start putting out any like content of like podcasts um, until like maybe like free agency or a little bit before. So, um, you know, I'll still be, you know, still be working. Um, I believe, you know, uh, that, you know, obviously with, you know, free agency coming up, I'm going to make some reports. Uh, definitely going to be looking at trades and obviously the draft coming up in April. I'm really excited for that. Um, y'all stay tuned in tomorrow morning, uh, Trevor Lawrence pro day. Uh, that's going to be something I'm definitely watching. Um, and you know, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for you guys here on the episode. Um, once again, just always treat others with kindness and respect. You just never know what somebody's going through in their life, you know, uh, continue to chase your passions, whatever they may be and encourage other people, um, to pursue those passions. Um, uh, just always remember guys, um, you know, thank you for listening and, um, go for two.